proven that, you know, you aren't always going to be the star of the, you know, of the show and you got to help others uh, to bring the show up. You know, you are a whole as a band, you know, everyone just getting together and playing music, you know, not for money or, you know, anything like that, but more like just uh, because they love doing it. When you have a passion for it, you want to share it with others. Good morning. This is Epicenter NYC. We connect our communities to news, information, and each other. I'm Andrea Pineda Salgado. Queens has long been the home of prominent jazz musicians like Louis Armstrong and Ella Fitzgerald, and Flushing Town Hall, which is a Smithsonian Institution affiliate dedicated to presenting global arts programming, is making sure New Yorkers remember these legends by hosting monthly jazz jams. The series has been promoting jazz in Queens for decades, and this month, the public is invited to the second annual Jazz Jam All-Stars Concert. The Jazz Jam is a gathering of musicians whose sole purpose is to jam out together. Age and skill level don't matter. Today, we hear from a few of our neighbors who are participating. Before we begin, a quick message. Did you know that Epicenter NYC members are invited to exclusive events and tours across New York City? Earlier this month, we hosted a behind-the-scenes tour of the Queen's Night Market. Here's what member Catherine Tam had to say about the experience. I ended up experiencing community in a whole new way. And I say that because, you know, my sister told me recently how she and her friends, they had tried to uh, visit the Queen's Night Market, but they weren't able to do so because the lineups were so long. But she, and until recently myself, uh, never knew why that was the case other than that it was so popular so by attending that behind the scenes tour with other members and also with the market's founder we found out how popular that market has been since the beginning and how when my sister and her friends tried to visit the market it turns out that was during the time when the lineups were so long that it ended up stretching nearly a mile all the way into the nearest subway station and as the the founder told us you know uh, he nearly got in trouble with the authorities over that but it's that type of you know neighborhood nuance that's how you find out about you know what makes communities really tick and why this market and so many other you know, events and treasures in the city continue, continue to be popular to this day. Now, back to the show. 15-year-old Ezra Kessler will be playing the drums at the upcoming Jazz Jams concert. Despite his young age, he's already gotten the opportunity to play with professional musicians like Jeff Coffin, Dave Matthews, and Bella Fleck. I'm Ezra Kessler. I'm a rising junior at LaGuardia High School. I love playing drums, and I, al- I also sing. You know, a lot of people, um, a lot of jazz jams uh, or just, you know, people who play jazz, you know, it's always the best jazz musicians. And this allowed for a lot of other people to learn and to get to make it more of a learning experience instead of a high caliber. I learned that, you know, you aren't always going to be the star of the, you know, of the show and you got to help others uh, to bring the show up you know you are a whole as a band and uh to get to play up on the stage is really nice and just have a lot of people come out you know everyone just getting together and playing music you know not for money or you know anything like that but more like just uh because they love doing it when you have a passion for it you 
to share it with others. The people on the stage, you know, have a passion for what they do and they want to share it with others. And I think it would be really nice for a lot of New Yorkers to experience it because New York has been, you know, a part of music for a long time. It's so built the city, I think, sometimes. We also spoke to 20-year-old Mimi Block, who has been going to the jams for years and will be one of the 10 honorees performing this year. Block was diagnosed with autism when she was two years old, and music has been a large part of her life ever since. My name is Mimi Block. I'm 20, and um, I play violin, and I sing, and I make and write music. I was born in New Orleans, Louisiana in 2002, and I moved to Evanston, Illinois when I was only two and a half years old. And I stayed there until I was 14 years old when I moved to New York. I was raised in a very musical family. My parents were musicians. My dad was a guitarist and a pianist, a jazz guitarist and pianist specifically, and he is also a teacher. My mom was a former student of his, Jing, and she is also a pianist, and she sometimes plays samba. She plays classical and jazz and samba. I got involved over listening to a lot of jazz music, like Duke Ellington or anything. And then my mom one time sent me to a jazz camp when I was like around 12 years old in Elmhurst. I remember that I got my very first taste of jazz just by going to a jazz camp during the summer. My favorite part for the jam is seeing other people perform and, and I really love the atmosphere of the hall and I really like that I could get to perform in a professional place instead, you know, performing at my house in a Zoom concert or anything. As a musician, I'm improving myself and advancing myself slowly. And although I'm not too quickly though, I'm like blossoming like one step at a time, basically. Not too many steps, just a slow process. Um, you know, you have to preserve jazz history because jazz itself is a very influential genre of music and it just inspired a lot of different new genres of music and it, it was like a, a new step towards music in the 20th century, basically. And it's important for younger people to preserve and take care of the genre itself because it could mean so much to, it means so much to people during the era of jazz, you know. I don't know too much about it, but my mom said we, I have to keep playing jazz for the next generation in general because I am part of the next generation. Musicians like Mimi and Ezra are led by Carol Sudhalter. Carol is Flushing Town Hall's house band leader. She's been teaching music for more than 50 years. We spoke to Carol about how she got started and the importance of bringing jazz to the community. My name is Carol Sudhalter, and I'm a saxophone and flute player and a music teacher. And I live in Queens. I come from Boston. And uh, I play tenor sax, baritone sax, and I teach alto as well. And a little background in piano and a little bit of vocal, and I lead the jam at Flushing Town Hall. So how did you get involved with Flushing Town Hall's jazz program? So yeah, I always had tremendous respect. They're kind of like the go-to venue in Queens, you know, for the last 20 years or more. And um, I got contacted in 2016 
by uh, Clyde Bullard. He's on the staff. And he told me that they were looking for someone to lead the gym to replace the past person. And that he had, he thought it would be a good fit for me and he told me who to call. And then I tried calling once and didn't have any luck. And uh, he really insisted, you know, he urged me to try again. And uh, they gave me the job and um, it's, a, it's a perfect fit. He was right. It's a perfect fit because um, I have good organizing skills. I love it and I'm patient and I have good organizing skills. So it's really a nice job for me, very rewarding. And I think I am the right person for it. And it's very fulfilling in my life. So that was 2016. So we call it the Louis Armstrong Legacy Jazz Gym because uh, we are really kept alive by the Louis Armstrong Educational Foundation. They support us. And we always pay as much tribute as we can to Louis Armstrong during the jam. In other words, when the house band plays a couple of tunes at the beginning, we always acknowledge Louis by playing a tune that he recorded and talking about him a little bit. And, and some other participants also do the same. Why is it important for young people to learn about jazz and jazz musicians? From my point of view as a musician, I think all of us musicians, we always hope that jazz will live on. Sometimes we turn on our radios and hear different styles that may have a lot of appeal to a lot of people, young people especially, but they're not jazz. And, you know, anyone that's kind of spent their life studying jazz knows it has a lot of depth. It is a lifetime study. So we hope that young people will, we always hope that young people will be interested and we're always very happy to see when they are and to know that they will carry on that flame. And then during the pandemic, what was it like participating in the jazz jam virtually? That was so interesting. And it was like a real period of growth. I, I never, if you had asked me before that, I never would have thought that I would do it or enjoy it. So the way it worked, I mean, people would record things at home either by themselves. Some people were very good at overdubbing their own voice or their own instrument. Some people recorded with a track. Some people did completely solo a cappella. And, and there was a real depth to it because if I'm alone playing a tune, I don't know, there's just sometimes there's just certain emotions that come out that, that wouldn't come out in a, when you're playing with others. And and uh, sometimes like melancholy or things like that. And then it was very interesting because each month people would submit pieces from all around the world. We, we were able to expand to different countries. And what I noticed, now this is going to, I don't know if everybody will believe this, but th there was like a consistency in the mood, like certain months, everybody's pieces were like super sad. And then other months, everybody was like upbeat without communicating with each other first, you know? And it was just, it, it, was it giving us the tone of the mood of the whole world? I don't know, but it was just so interesting. So that was a great experience. And we stream, now we stream because we got into the habit of streaming and the engineer is good at that. So now we stream even from the live gyms. And then I guess during the pandemic, what was the biggest challenge of it all? Well, that's a great question. You threw me with that one. 
<laughs> well, one thing pops into my mind. Not everybody kind of believed how they were going to come across. People would say, like, I'll do it live from my house. And the engineer would say, well, you know, that's risky because internet and could freeze, you know, and they'd say, oh, no, no, it's fine. And then lo and behold, you've got this live performance and the screen is frozen and you can't hear the person's voice. And then it interrupts the song. So I think those kind of glitches were a problem. And overall, I mean, I think everyone struggled to keep keep our hopes up, right? I mean, keep our equilibrium, our faith, our patience, not to dwell in the past too much, much just to try to get right into the present and live with it, accept it, deal with it, you know. And then moving away from COVID, what does it mean to you to work with young musicians like Mimi and Ezra? So, you know, I'm a teacher. I've been teaching, I'll tell you how much, 50 years of <laughs> personal house-to-house lessons. So from the point of view of a teacher, it's very thrilling for me to see how they grow because these are people that come back month after month and year after year. Ezra, we've known him since he was 10 or 12, I'm not sure. But he always played great, but then you see the growth. And then Mimi comes back week after week, month after month, I should say. And there's these vast improvements, vast changes that most people would take five years to do, you know. On the one hand, as a teacher, to see that there are these people and see how well they play and be able to foster that. And on the other hand, as a musician, you know, to see that jazz is alive in young people and just, uh, it's very rewarding from so many angles. And then what can audiences expect from the All-Stars concert on July 16th? Okay, so we have chosen 10. It was I have to say it was very, very hard to choose 10 people because we would have liked to choose everybody that's been showing up the last few months. You know, you just can't do it. You have to narrow it down so the concert won't be last all day. Each person has chosen two tunes. Now, those two tunes, they will play with us, with the house band. And so uh, we will go through one tune each with the 10 people. Uh, some of them will be ballads. Some will be up-tempo. Some will be bebop style. Some will be swing. You know, we don't know the whole list yet, but it will be a great variety. Each tune will be maybe five minutes at the most. Then we'll have an intermission, and then we'll have the players go through the other, in the same order, the other tune that they've chosen. At the end... Oh, uh, at the beginning, the house band will play a tune without anyone else. We will play a tune associated with Louis Armstrong. At the end, when everyone has played their two tunes, we will have as many people as possible out of those 10 come up on stage or just below the stage, and we will all do a final tune together. And then why should New Yorkers come to the concert? It's a state-of-the-art venue. It's very, very comfortable, and the acoustics are great. The seating is great. The stage is beautiful. The sound is great. The performers are super talented. The atmosphere is very, very friendly. Have I convinced you yet? I mean, and, and I could go on. I don't see why 
anybody wouldn't want to come. And then what advice would you give young people who want to become an amateur or professional musician? So the advice I would have, you know, I started late. I was already pretty much an adult. And um, I remember that people were always trying to tell me that it was too late and all this stuff. And so my advice would be to get a teacher, first of all, get a teacher and get a mentor or more than one mentor. And don't believe, don't listen to anyone else except those people, your teacher and your mentor, singular or plural. I don't know why, for some reason, people just like to put their two cents in. When I started saxophone, one guy told me, oh, you should really go to therapy and find out why a woman would want to play a man's instrument. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I learned quickly not to listen to any of these crazy comments. Other people said, well, if you didn't start when you were five, you'll never have any technique, you know. Well, that's crazy, too, because how much technique do you need to play? Not everybody has to be a um, like the superstar fast, fat, you know, that's that's just not where it's at. So most most of these ideas just are not true. You can listen to the second annual Jazz Jam All Stars concert in person or virtually on Saturday, July 16th at 7.30 p.m. In-person tickets range from $15 to $25 and can be purchased on their website, which we've linked to in our show notes. For more ways to get involved in your community, visit us at epicenter-nyc.com. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. And thanks for supporting us as we do our best to support our community. We couldn't do it without you. And if you're not already a member, sign up today by using the link in our show notes. Our intro music is All the Pretty Horses by Karavika. You can find more of their music on their website linked to in our podcast description.